0: Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. Today, it's Trent here, and it's wonderful to have you company for episode
1: 176.
0: This week on Toy Power, we have a very special episode as we talk about a very exciting topic, which is toys and TV. We're then going to jump in to a scale debate, and we're going to talk about the different scales of action figures, that are out there and what floats our boat. Joining me today in the virtual Toy Power studio, we've got Mr. Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Whoa, hoi, hoi. Darren. Pleasure to be with you all. And our very special guest, Guillermo, Olivio. welcome to Toy Power. G'day, g'day. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> right at home. Love it. Yes, so happy to here. I'm, tra- I'm
2: <laughs>
3: trying to blend in. I'm trying
0: to
1: blend in. <laughs> oh,
0: you've done, done a sterling job. We'll have you in Australia anytime, my friend. For those of you who don't know Guillermo, um, you've been living under a rock. Obviously, you've all seen Plastic Crack the Documentary. Guillermo is the director and producer of that show, which we all love and all raved about here on Toy Power. And it, just hanging out for that uh, cliffhanger you left us with, Guillermo, mm. about opening that vintage box of what we thought might be Indiana Jones action figures. So. Hopefully we, um, you know, get to see the see the result of what's in the box. The um, resolution. I'm
3: glad you said what we thought. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Hint, yeah. hint. You, you don't know yet. You don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, Interesting. That's, that's it. Could, could be
0: anything unmarked box is always, always fascinating. Um, but, Glemo for, you know, as, as a new uh, attendee on Toy Power, we've got to hit you up with these nostalgic questions of your childhood. Your sort of what was what, what your favorite things from from your childhood as a ten year old, and take us through um, your favorite movie from back
3: in the day. It 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 always been Star Wars. So Star Wars was like a huge um, catalyst of uh, creativity. It was a, a very important, influential um, point of my life. I remember seeing The Empire Strikes Back in the theaters i my aunt took me to the theaters and i came back a a kid went into that um, theater and 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 another kid came out (laughs) star wars was super influential and then i probably saw by the time i was i don't know 12 i probably saw return of the jedi a thousand times at that point So it's funny because what I do for a living, I've said this in in other shows, but what I do for a living and and my collecting habits, it all begins with those movies. Because I decided to take a journey into trying to recreate the scenes from the movie and eventually trying to make the the movie itself with action figures. So it was a perfect excuse to tell my father, like, hey, you don't (laughs) understand, I need five snow troopers because if you see the shot and then i had it frame and, and pause on a vhs or beta um there's five snow <laughs> So i
1: need
3: five figures you know because i need to recreate the thing as it is so the army building and the diorama building and uh, the collector started with star wars but eventually trying to recreate a movie took me to where i'm at right now Perfect. Cool. fantastic
4: so along the same lines we we're, we're talking about a 10-year-old. Now can, can I just sort of backtrack a little bit? You you, met, you you come in very strong with your Australian G'day G'day. Now some of our uh, Australian listeners may be struggling with your name. So one of the things that we do here in Australia, we give everybody nicknames, all right? So sure. so I, I'm just going to put it out there that for the purposes of this episode, your name is Gilly. Is that is that is that cool? Yeah for killing sure. i'll take it all I'll right that's it. that's about trust as awkward a nickname as we can get
3: <laughs> trust me my name my name is guillermo olivo so i'm used to any version <laughs> of my name and last name that you can think of <laughs> if you go to minnesota or or that they, they say like a they call me what from what they think is my name but the it's I, I just hear something different so I'm used, to it. <laughs> okay. you used to it all right well gilly
4: it is all right gilly so along the same lines we're talking 10 year old gilly what was your favorite toy from that time
3: well that's a good one um i will have to say boba fett Ooh. was the ultimate action figure for me okay even even before i actually knew who the character was when the first time that i saw that action figure i thought it was the coolest thing on the planet and yeah. uh
5: so before you saw the movie you saw the action figure i'm, I'm not sure but right.
3: I, I i want to because the thing is that by that time i was in venezuela and the movies took like three years to get there, so yeah. we were always late in the game. Yeah, we, we get Therefore, the same over in Australia sometimes. Yeah, it. That takes right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, we're like we're like on a different time zone, but then, and on a and not necessarily time as as now that you guys are are night and, and my day is basically started like we're th- three years before the game. Or after the game. So, yep. Um, it's funny because um. I don't know what, I don't know why I haven't been able to explain what's so cool about that figure, but Boba Fett, ever since I saw him, ever since, as a matter of fact, I still have my original Boba Fett, not mint, but in very good shape because I was super careful with that one. I didn't trash him, I didn't throw him away. I was like, yeah, I don't want to play rough with this one because it's my favorite action figure. Nice. Yeah. Forward. Nice. I, Here's Trent showing are. off.
0: Oh, I, I do have my childhood Boba Fett. I just have, happened to have him on the table. But incidentally, we know the infamous story of the rocket firing Boba Fett and the fact Correct. that Kenner couldn't get the mechanism to work and there was the the different, you know, the J launcher and all that. The you weren't phased by the fact slide. that he
3: didn't launch? No, no not really. I, I, I was never... Because, again, I think I had it um before i saw return of the jedi and then return of the jedi is when you get to see that he's technically flying it's funny because moving forward i i saw the movie I've, i've been i see the movie every now and then but i saw the movie with my 11 now 11 years old he was probably younger he was probably seven or eight and then you know you get that excitement because there's the scene where you see boba fett and then at the end of the movie, he was like, Dad, I'm sorry, but I don't get it. it? you've seen this character, he barely talks. He barely talks. <laughs> and the moment he shows up, he actually gets pushed into the soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What's your excitement? And then my answer was, well, you're absolutely right. But uh, it was the action figure. It was the yeah, action there's figure.
2: There's something about, about toys in general. that just it doesn't matter... Sometimes how it relates to the story, there's just something in it that fires up your imagination. And I can hear from what you're saying now, that's what Boba Fett did for you.
3: Correct. Yeah. And and this is probably what this episode is going to do with Frank, and I'm sure he's going to end up buying G.I. Joe. Wow. Wow. It's yeah, uh... your
2: imagination really is firing up.
4: <laughs> oh, something's firing up. I don't know about my imagination, but
0: <laughs> I do. I do have to just jump in quickly while we're talking about these scenes and and, and the appeal of Boba Fett the fact he didn't have a lot of screen time a lot of dialogue there, there was a I, I read a beautiful article on the bounty hunter sequence and and it's a it's something like a 43 second sequence where the bounty hunters are introduced but it, it broke it down that said why it's an absolutely amazing piece of filmmaking even the angle that they're introduced where you've got these imperial officers working around mm-hmm. their computer and these bounty hunters are sort of looming up over them and and how Darth Vader says, you know, to Boba Fett, and no disintegration. No you know. disintegration. All these, and how good they looked, and how you knew visually what these characters were doing. They weren't like the Imperials, but they were bringing them in because they needed sort of help. They were turning to these these renegades almost. How it captured all those with the visuals and the wonderful looks and the dialogue and the way it was shot. All that a perfect 43 second segment that almost sums up what the star wars universe is how they can make a character like that so appealing in such
3: a short amount of screen time yeah correct and then and the empire Strikes back has a very very pronounced um visual language if you if you think about it what you just said the angle of the show of, of that shot makes them look above and if you look at the movie that way, you're going to see a lot of uh, roof and a lot of ceiling because the way it was shot, it was uh, when they wanted something to be present or they wanted something to be more emancipated. They used to take that angle because that angle gives a grandeur um, perspective of, from the audience. And then but that is also uh, goes along with, you know, um, Bounty Hunter or rebels come. Uh, this is a scum, and then busk like you know. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, that that fight of going up and down is so so Star Wars language, and even re- reciprocate in the new movies. Like if you, I don't, I'm I'm not a fan of the new films, but but if you think about it, or let's talk. Ahsoka have you guys seen the the last episodes of uh, Clone Wars? I don't no, want to spoil it. No, 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 but no, no. no. so never mind. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I was going to say something about going up and down, and that's part of it. Or what about the Mandalorian? Yes, oh, yeah. yes, oh, big fan. You mentioned now the disintegration. The first time that he disintegrates, I believe it's a Jawa. Mm. I was watching it with some friends, and th- that was the first thing I said. I would know oh, the <laughs> <laughs> So there is a language. There is a language, definitely within Star Wars that makes it so unique. And those who get it, like. The guys making the Mandalorian, that, that's what it, it tastes like Star Wars. Mm. Yes. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. yeah, definitely.
5: All right. So I've heard you have a few dioramas in your collection. So we'd like okay. to know how many do you have? What are they? And do—and they obviously stem from your childhood because you needed five of the uh, characters yeah, to, to make the
3: it, scene. So. It, that was when I was 10. Wow. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's, you yeah. it got, it got out of control because now I'm a little bit more. I guess I I i went a little bit more creative. I don't have ten snowtroopers anymore. I probably have like forty.
5: <laughs> are, are you trying to say you don't live in a house? You live in a diorama? Like-
3: <laughs> well, I, I walk around a dioramas. Um, that, no, like yeah, I have. I said well. Right now I'm not. I'm in my house, so I can't show you. But uh, I have obviously figures display in a very specific way. But my main thing is creating dioramas, and that comes from a very young age. And and so I have like this big. Oops, I have like this big. Uh, I, I call it Tatooine setting yes, because it's yep, a little cool. bit mix of a, a little bit of everything, every era. Like you will see Episode One stuff mixed with Mandalorian, or but it's a five foot wide 10 foot long um table that has that's probably has 300 figures nice. yeah. Yeah. so creating scenes and i know i i have like rows of figures on cases line up but i i like every every everyone that goes to my house like dioramas are the one like oh wow because mm. it's almost playing yep you're yes. almost playing you're Absolutely. making scenes and uh I remember my brother, I used to spend hours, like, let's make a base for G.I. Joe, the ones that Franks love. Um, <laughs> let's make a, a, a big base here and then a big uh, base for the bad games. We spent hours creating the base. And then by the time, okay, let's let's actually technically, let's go and play and, and, and have a fight or something. The game was done. I mean, yeah. for, for us, the whole thing was to, you know, to build making it. the setting
4: Cool. Nice. That's really awesome.
0: All right. All right. That's great. That's such a great intro, and, and hopefully our listeners have really got, got to know Guillermo. Um, we're going to just chat now briefly on Plastic Crack Season 1 and just touch on a few of few of the things we just want to dive a little bit deeper into now that we've got you on the show. Um, but do you want to just give, for, for those people out there that haven't seen it yet, just a quick summary of
3: what it's about? for sure and uh but before now so we're not in the intro we're we're actually walking in the subject and before that i would like to thank you all for inviting me i'm i'm, I'm a super fan of the show i i love to hear a show and within my team there's a very specific memory that i want to mention uh which is when i uh, i play podcasts in my daily commute to the office like most most people do mm. um and, of course, you guys are, are always, you know, in my top 10 list. And I wasn't expecting the review that you guys did. I wasn't even, you know, it was, oh, great. They have another episode on. And it was such a nice journey. Like, good journey. Um, and <laughs> to the office. When I heard the review, I got so excited that I put the whole team together. And I'm like, all right, everyone, drop what you're doing. <laughs> I want you to listen to the show. <laughs> and I i'm the only well the showrunner of the show francisco salazar loves the whole thing and love he's not a collector my color grader um luis castaneda he is a collector and uh, they're not although they're engaged it's not the same on my end because i'm the i'm the toy collector guy Hmm. right luis collects a lot and he has an amazing collection but the rest of the team they're like Okay, good <laughs> luck with your, your, your plastic stuff. They <laughs> enjoy your review so much that you guys have no idea, and hence why not only I want to thank you for the invite to the show, but I want to thank you for that review because oh, thank you. it meant no, a way. lot to us. We, you, had, you guys hit nails that we were hoping to, to, to achieve in the audience. You, you guys mentioned a specific shot that we did for the collector out there. And, and there, it was the first time that we had that type of review because usually reviews go um, on a very broad, either very broad or a very specific item or situation that is, whomever is giving the review got into it. Mm. And you guys, you guys dwell deeply into, oh, and I love how, I, how XO and XO figure came out in the background or when they did that shot of Irvin Jr. moving. The phone, and I'm like, See,
1: see, Why not shot? <laughs> like,
3: my editors, did you see? Why I
2: not shot? I so, we had a lot of fun
3: playing playing your show. Oh, so, you. I wanted to thank you before we walk.
2: That's go. very flattering. That's that, awesome. That, um, outside, even on your radar, <laughs> very, very flattering, let alone that you actually enjoyed it and took it to work.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun uh, listening to the show. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that. Well, season one trend, I lost my track because I got excited about <laughs> You you I'm, I'm not doing like Rob, who got like a, like a takeover of the show. I'm trying to blend in. I actually got to the show. I'm going to name someone else. I got I got to the show because of Pete McCarty from... Yes. 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 Yeah.
5: I, I, I I must admit, I love their show. I'm a Patreon of their show, and I yeah, their latest Patreon episode was damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, was I, I almost had an accident while driving. <laughs>
1: Let's just say oh, all yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: They call themselves. They call themselves the bad boys of collecting. Yeah. Uh, they. He was the one that told me, like, "Hey, you gotta check them out. This, yeah, that cool. show's super cool. They all, they all sound like Thor."
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Okay. Uh, I
4: rest assured the visuals do not match the <laughs> no, audio. None of us. are
2: quite that.
1: himsy.
3: i know i know neither neither am i but uh but that's what he said they sound like
1: (laughs) (laughs) we'll take
3: that we'll take that (laughs) (laughs) we will so Trent, i I forgot what you asked um well just to
0: give the listeners uh just a quick synopsis about plastic crack and and what i guess what the focus sort of is and, and maybe how it's a bit different to some some of the other
3: shows out there well um, the structure, actually the structure is super simple. We, what, what I was trying to achieve was to to do a journey following Irving Santiago's journey. And I'm sorry, it's a journey again, but uh, it, it happens that uh, I needed a catalyst. I was sitting in the convention floor of one of the uh, Joe Conventions when the club was still active and Kirk Basigian from Hasbro was giving a speech of on the um, USS flag and uh, he explained that it was probably even even if you compare it to to the sail barge, it was probably the boldness of the the most daring bid within the toy making history Mm. and I believe that the mold itself was like four million dollars the profit margin for the flag was minimum Yeah, and yet it became the holy grail of toy collecting, even for those who don't like Ghandja.
4: I don't know who you're talking about, but continue.
2: (laughs) You really are Um, well best on our show. You know who that is. (laughs) When when
3: he said when he said we barely had a profit margin, I I raised my hand and I asked, "Where where are you talking about? Like, where are you going to spend?" such yep. a huge amount of money mm. making a toy like that for for little to none actually bob purpose who i also interviewed for plastic crack told me that he wasn't even expecting any type of profit yeah. and yet yet they have some profit in return but the their response was brilliant yeah the flag mm. is an aspirational toy and, the, and it's what complements the line you yes. might you may have a few figures here and there but having the flag is the ultimate goal yep. it's the ultimate momentum and that resonated with me so strongly because i remember seeing the flag in stores and i remember the box was even bigger than me hmm. and i i called my dad we were in this toy store and i called my dad and i'm i'm like we, that yeah, i need you to listen to me <laughs> i have a proposal i'm <laughs> here Cause yeah, here comes the proposal. Come here, and now we're parents, so it's funny to to see it from the other side. But <laughs> come here, because I need to I need to show you something. And he's like, oh my god, you know. And then it, it, he thought it was the usual tantrums for me trying to get something. But then I said, wait a minute, wait, wait, pay attention, L- listen. <laughs> if you get me this thing, you don't have to buy me anything ever again, <laughs> ever. Not in birthdays, not in Christmas. Ever, this will fulfill the rest of my purchases ever again. So he was like, "I might, I might want to go and check that out because this (laughs) sounds interesting." You know, like I was being so adamant about getting the flag. He went there, saw the box, saw the price tag, and he told me, "This is the equivalent of a car payment. You're out of your mind. I'm not buying this thing." Mm -hmm. So when Kirk said that, I'm like, "I need to make a documentary and, and and connect." the collector and the experiences that we all have and share regardless if you are in, in sunny Australia or <laughs> here in, well, I'm currently in California, but regardless where you are, we share this type of memories that eventually um, left like a DNA type of pattern that we carry as a collector's uh, grown grown up, growing up, right? but i needed an excuse and then i, I came along irving santiago i i know irving for many 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 years um he's he's a huge toy guy in my community and then hurricane irma was was trending the coast and it was it was this monster coming to the coast and there was no escape and uh, i was actually packed and ready to go to atlanta wow um, mm. so i call him up and i go what are you doing like um how are you how are you dealing with that because you guys saw, yeah. yes, The yep. yeah. yeah. collection is just insane, mm-hmm. you know. And and I packed my stuff. I left my stuff in boxes, hoping for the best. But in his case, there's not much that he can. There's not <laughs> enough boxes. Yeah, <laughs> everything is in boxes. <laughs> read, yeah. let alone that. Um, and he told me, "I'm not leaving." Ooh. Mind you, Irvin lives. He used to live back then, very close to the coast. So he was on, on a direct path, and at the same time, he lived in an area that had a mandatory evacuation order. Mm. So I go, what do you mean you're not leaving? You're you're like that center, that this monster that it was the size of the state is heading towards you. And he's like, I'm not leaving my toys behind. Wow. So crazy enough, I put a pause on my escape route, and I said, <laughs> I'll be there with a camera in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And that was my my catalyst to begin this journey. Yeah, so the structure for sure. goes following Irvin and following his his crazy adventures with toys and then have like little icebreakers in the structure of a myriad of collectors talking about different subjects that resonate with us. In that journey I met Justin Justice Curry yes. in Michigan. And and Justice was the catalyst because with Irvin, the whole idea was to make a one loan format, one documentary, and that's it. But then we went to Michigan we started taping uh, people in Michigan. They talk a lot in Michigan. <laughs> um, and uh, we started following uh, Justice and he gave us a, a sub arch within Irvin's arc. So mm. I'm like, you know, this is very interesting. I, I came back, I believe, with i don't know 200 hours of footage something wow. crazy stuff like that and then Karina rosendo the main producer of of the series and then frank who I just mentioned um he's a showrunner they go dude, are you're really gonna waste all that and and try to imagine trying to shrink yeah. everything mm-hmm. and put their contents everything into one. so let's make a series and i say yes no it's just crazier <laughs> yeah, by, it's a series
5: man. and and we are better off because of that so <laughs> thank
2: you <yeah. laughs>
3: so very true mm.
2: all right so, do you have a season two in the works season any two next, like, can it's... you give us any teases on what we may expect yeah well um
3: season two is going to be a little bit more international uh i have uh, a few very very interesting international collectors um portrayed in in season two i wanted to reach um you know go abroad and then uh, we tape um a very special segment in sao paulo brazil um because we're exploring the foreign toys we're we're, awesome about the basics in the in the first season yeah but then we're one of the things that what happens when you collect them all Yep. what do you do yeah. so it's either going backwards which is trying to get prototypes of the line that you like or trying to get pre-production items or you can't go forwards because you you got them all mm. so what do you do and and foreign figures and foreign variants came across in every topic so we we actually breach um the border um, back then and we taped in sao paulo we have things going on in mexico um we have things in australia that oh oh, okay (laughs) okay, very close to home Uh, (laughs) we will reveal when the time has come but uh, currently we're waiting for something very very special in argentina and i don't uh, to be honest with you, and uh, this is an exclusive that I'm going to reveal here. No, oh. season two was on hold, is on hold due to um, something that we have locked down in Argentina. We were a week away to to the um, scheduled taping, and then the virus came hmm. and yeah. hit uh, yeah. everyone and their mother. Right? Uh, Argentina has not hit. The peak yet. Mm. Yeah, so it might be longer. They're still heavily quarantined. Some areas are heavily quarantined. And uh, we're debating right now if we try to allocate that, which is very special what we're trying to uh, achieve in Argentina. If we're trying to, if we should allocate that towards season three and Ooh. then just cook and finish season two, which is basically just waiting to see what's going on in Argentina. So we're, we're in that process. Yeah, 90, yeah, 90% of season two, including the new segments and, and, and collectors abroad, is taped and ready. We're just waiting for this Argentinian exclusive, which is, I might have to um, tease a little bit, but it's <laughs> going to be, let me put it this way. I've been researching um, toy documentaries and I've been researching YouTube videos and I've been researching... Not just as a collector, but since we went into this journey, and I have not seen or on video, well, we are about to do there. Oh,
1: oh, wow. Okay. oh that's wow! interesting. That's <laughs> so You heard it
2: first. It's quite <laughs> our exclusive uh, with correct. breaking news uh, that the world doesn't know about. Thank you, thank you, Gilly. You are the man. You are an absolute legend, and it's going to become part of our promotional rule. You know, breaking news. Argentina? Question well, mark? Yeah. Well, that decision to go. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: But that decision to kind of go, does it, I mean, it fits so perfectly what you sort of explained there into the international kind of Mm. arc of season two. um, But with timing and and the world as it is, you know, whether that is something that then gets to season three. So, you know, can't even imagine being in your shoes with those sort of thought processes and how to work that. Well,
3: um, ironically, on Tuesday of this week, we had a meeting and uh, they said that they expect at least 3 more months dealing yeah. with the virus down there and yeah, right. that's where we all look at each other and we're like ah, what I mean that's a long time I don't I don't, I, I don't yeah. want to put 3 more months I actually wanted it to have to have season 2 ready by the summer just because it's, it works for a lot of people to, to yes. consume this type yeah. of project hmm. When the virus started, that got a lot of pressure of you, sh- you have to get it out, get it, you it have out, to yeah. get it out before this. You know, as soon as you can, because people are quarantined. and that uh, mm. we wanted to give um, a different option that just news and 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 yes. you know, everybody's like struggling with financial um, situations or even yeah. concerns about healthy. So right now, it's almost like a duty to entertain. people. Yeah, mm. it's
2: the bright, happy topic that the world needs right now. You know, just thinking about toys and and what brings people joy, which in our community, that's toys. (laughs) Correct.
3: And on on that sense, um, I'm actually going to reveal something on your show. Oh. That is not on the script. Um, So, yes, we had the debate of we should put something out, we should put something out. So we were able to do something that is related to Plastic Crack, but it's not a new season of Plastic Crack. And we're gonna get it out before the end of July. Oh,
5: oh wow! Very oh, cool. Okay, wow. exciting. Okay. Interesting.
0: Oh, cool, cool, cool. It's very good. It's keep, keep, keep be... everyone's appetite going. Yeah, it's gonna be
3: very interesting. Um, um, there's gonna be a, a myriad of special guests included in that. Um, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm so I'm super happy with the results so far. We're we're literally. Um, Starting post production on Monday.
4: Okay. Yes. Um,
3: so it's it's been a crazy good goo journey, but it's yeah. been a crazy, crazy <laughs> journey.
5: Exciting, exciting. All right. Oh, fantastic. All right. We might move over to the figure scale debate. All right. So we've got done a massive plug for plastic crack. It sounds so exciting. I'm super pumped. And all
4: these other projects yeah. you've got going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> free yeah. it
5: on. All right. It on. It so on. Can't wait. uh Gilly, what is your preferred scale of figures to collect? You've uh, you've entertained Three. Three quarter. What, what? What is three quarter? <laughs> yeah.
4: Three quarters of what? We're only talking what? six inch. Over I want here. it
5: to be this big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See
1: that right
4: there tells you all you, you need to, to know.
5: Five <laughs> point five and four. six inches is
0: how we how, how we go. Uh, so it's how you use it, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. But I mean, really, like you think about that scale that was invented for Kenner, for, yeah. by, by Kenner four Star Wars was, was almost a a new scale or a very defined scale, and part of that. Is you needed the vehicles? I mean, yeah. you Start. How big are the vehicles in the Star Wars universe? You do a an eight inch figure, and you can't do a Millennium Falcon in that scale that makes sense. So that, that to me, you know, three and three quarter inch is very iconic because it gives you the ability to get a nice figure out, but to
3: also build vehicles that the figures can scale hmm. in with quite nicely. So it sounds like you're on my team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What are, price if you think about it? Yes.
4: What are all those figures behind you there, Trent? Are they all uh, six-inch figures from the look of it? Yeah, I I, thought so. I love
0: my six-inch figures, (laughs) but I do do see a lot of value in the concept of the smaller scale for accessorizing with bigger items. Dino riders, masks, all Mm. those sorts of things that I love. Star Wars being the big one for vehicles, I think there's a lot to that concept. Mm. Playability, play-wise. So, Gilly, you're a diehard
5: 375, 3.75 inch uh, collector. Correct. What what Correct. what
3: do you collect inside that scale? Well, I, I use an analogy that I think I need to come up with something new because I always say the same thing. Um, it's my toys is like, but my kids. In what, even though that I'm a I'm I'm a dad of a real boy that I love, <laughs> and um, it's more important than my toys actually. But uh, <laughs> Star Wars made me a dad. That was the first one. That was the one that got me into this. That was, and that hence why I use the analogy. Dane Joes came in as, you know, my second my second kid. And then, of course, I, I, I guess I married a different lady and I started getting Asian kids and, and, <laughs> and weird kids. And because uh, I, I do a little bit of, of some other obscure lines like children warriors oh, yeah. but on the die cast version, which is roughly seven inches, like soul of Chogokin, mm. that type of stuff. I love that. Um, Darren is sitting, he's, he's, he's <laughs> perfect Not cool when I said that, <laughs> um, um, but my main thing happens to be star Wars and then right next to it, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We could,
5: um, so, what is the main uh, attraction for this specific sale? Is, scale. is it sorry scale? Yeah, is it vehicles, playsets, and dioramas? Is that the reason why you you know sort of go there? I mean, Trent alluded Trent, to Trent, it
3: before, but I think Trent hit one of the biggest um, um, points of defense of this scale uh, by saying vehicles. If you think about it, as cool as the Black Series could be, if we stay within Star Wars. Um, Creating vehicles, vehicles for that scale is almost budget prohibited, mm. and uh, I think that vehicles is is always a, a deal breaker. You know when you consider getting into a line, and then of course, Frank, you don't like Joe's, but you have to admit that having a USS flag is one of the coolest thing on the planet. Uh? Loading a boat <laughs> that size of of planes and yep. choppers and boats and and 50 characters if you can't there's i (laughs) i don't i have never seen anything like that even the Barch got somewhat close Mm. to that experience but it's still a massive um it's it's one of the most iconic toys ever made from my perspective yeah yeah, absolutely You you can't do that on a bigger scale because it's not just cost where do you put something like? That? <laughs> yeah, so, so you don't need a bed in your bedroom when you've got. You, just you sleep the on forest. the flag.
5: Yeah. for do yeah, so you need a bed? <laughs> so <laughs> in saying, in saying all that iconic uh, things like, where do you sit with Ninja Turtles and Masters and things that are sort of in that medium scale? Yeah, sort of in between. Inch, yeah. Were you a well, bit I, old
3: for I those? Had, I had, I um, Motu when I was a kid for when they were when they were hi- uh, hype, you know, when they were trending. Yes, yeah. I have some, and I still have my Rotoplast. Um, uh, I, I still keep my Rotoplast. and I have my Castle Grayskull and everything. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, yes, it was a great line, um, especially turtles. I don't collect turtles, but one of the key elements of Ninja Turtles is the amazing amount of accessories and vehicles and they were a little bit bigger so Mm -hmm. but those days are gone if you think about it they haven't done that no ever again even with the new resurgences of 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 turtles the big vehicles because of cost mostly have not been able to come back and my my main concern right now is i see the scale dying a little bit Mm -hmm. and and it's all due to a business decision. It basically, it costs pretty pretty yep. much the same to do a black uh, a six inch figure versus a three three quarter figure from from molding and design and and everything that it the difference is minimal
5: yeah well the mythic legions were almost going to be that uh inch scale and they went for the six to sort of seven inch scale instead so
0: that was an interesting well and they they cite the horsemen cite that based on cost Hmm. the costings came out like like memo said essentially identical you know minuscule differences that didn't warrant them going down to that scale when when they could get so much more detail in the in the six inch so that's that's a huge point. We we made the mention in our previous podcast around the reaction figures that Super Seven mm-hmm. are doing, and we talked about the fact that they had Series Two of the new Transformers, which we love. We love the packaging, we love the design. But here in Australia, they come out at almost fifty dollars, and wow. and that's that's you know, and and then we you know the dollar's not great. We've got to import them in. their specialist item,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: eighteen dollar US sort of item, fifty dollars Australian, and and that that is more than a black series figure which mm. would retail for around 35 yeah, to 40. Yeah. So it's you know when when you're talking about them being more than than um you know traditional sort of 6-inch figures. Well, that, it can be that, a very
3: hard sell. I I yeah, I concur and I see why, but for example here that we don't have that shipping um add-on what they're seeing is that you're they're they they can easily ask for a cost for a customer to pay. 25 or 30 bucks for a six inch figure versus good luck trying to get 12 dollars for a three through quarter Mm -hmm. yeah but they cost almost the same to produce so you're making more money yep with the other figure and that from my perspective is a mistake but at the same time i understand it's a business decision that they want to make money it's a company at the end of the day that they're they're doing this for for profit they're not just you know Helping collectors out there—they're they're just making money, and uh I—that's a big problem. For those that not having vehicles happens to be not a deal breaker, then good luck—you're in your golden days. For me, it's a deal breaker.
4: So with the with the three point seven five, we've obviously talked about the vehicles and the actual figures. One thing that I love completing, and and you can probably see it on the wall behind me with on my turtles figures. Are that you mentioned it before the accessories that come with them. Now I imagine in a three point seven five inch scale line and Joe's in particular, that's in, in a secondary market. That's got to be a pain to try and track down all those little little oh, yeah. guns and daggers and and all that sort of stuff. Like
3: and the the smaller the worse. Exactly, easier yeah. to get lost, and then it's, it's harder. That came ki-
5: fodder. Oh yeah, oh
3: yeah, yeah. The, the the if if it is like a lantern of of a flashlight in GI Joe or um Princess Leia came with a very tiny blaster and it sometimes the blaster costs more yep. than the figure loose. <laughs> it's super hard to to get a, a an original one and in GI Joe there's some myriad of accessories that there were super, like a mic a, a mic that uh that you know a character had uh. attached to detached to to their face and, and picture this is this is something that i don't know like a like a little piece of nail yep, um yeah. or a flashlight like a um, ton of red those are the ones that usually you know flew in the backyard and you never seen them again and now good luck trying to find them Mm.
4: Well, I wonder, if you talk about the factors as to why the, the sort of six inch move to six inch. I wonder if there's also a safety concern with those because they are so small and as the world seems to get more and more uh, safety conscious, let's call it, that, you know, how many of those do you reckon are lost because kids of the 80s swallowed them to be honest or stuck that's them up great. their nose or, or or other entry points so uh, <laughs> you know yeah. I, I wonder if that's a bit of a I mean the, the six inch stuff the, the move tends to be I feel and you mentioned Star Wars Black and, and I'm going to shout out Marvel Legends is more detail more focus on the detail of the character obviously because it's a bigger scale but less accessories in general like you, if you look at the overall transition. I feel like the modern figures, yes, they're more accurate. Yes, there's obviously greater articulation and technology, but I feel like it's way more common to get a figure in a box with maybe one accessory as opposed to the days of of G.I. Joe and Masters and these sorts of things and Turtles. Or Turtles. Turtles in particular, where you'd get four, five, six accessories altogether.
3: Yeah, I remember remember having a Raphael that you could open um storage shelf storage or the little ninja uh, stars but yeah the storage show but those stars were like the first thing to go oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) absolutely horrible horrible to keep uh yeah i i see your point in in terms of accessories Uh, but yes and no but like you you said marvel legends and marvel legends they also come with a build a figure Mm -hmm. piece so i think it complements a little bit i that's one line that I'm always trying not to take a look at it. Like, I always like to <laughs> scroll the other way. <laughs> and yesterday, actually, I came across it, and they had, had the whole wave of the new um, um, Fantastic Four um, set of figures. With the Super yep. Scroll? Oh, so I got Doctor Doom in my hand, and oh. then I got the, the thing, and the, the thing is super. Yep. The, the weight is. Chunky it's, figure, you no, know, it right is like a big chunk of plastic, and I was this close, yeah. and then I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> having no a room, I have no room. They don't fit. They, they won't. They they just don't fit.
4: I don't know. I think I think a, yeah, a Marvel Legends diorama would look pretty good <laughs> in your room. Just
3: saying, like. <laughs> Especially with an, an X Men one, with uh, what what pulses what Haslab m- might bring oh, us in the yes. near future, right? Oh yeah. god! You could you can turn your
5: flag into the heli character, like with a bit of paint and whatnot. <laughs> uh, oh
3: yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like an amazing idea.
1: <laughs>
5: yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, if, if other toy lines released uh, figures in three point seven five, would you pursue them? like you know the masters or you know hypothetically in you know um, marvel yes, figures
3: or yes I'm, i masters of the universe has always been something that i that i they connects to a very specific time of my childhood but uh the the big problem that, that i have with the vintage figures is the articulation mm. right. after you collect the joe you can't you can't go back you to, can't go backwards to...
5: yeah understand right
3: yeah. right and uh that's the thing with masters like the, the arms go in a very specific way and then you have the rubber band for the legs and if the rubber band is not in their prime it's going to be hard to keep it standing and that kind of things like throw me away but having the actual toy connects me to my childhood at the same time we're mm. a bunch of addicts here yeah <laughs> pretty much like, like a like a group of AA you know you should call your next
5: program plastic plastic crack crack. I reckon yeah
3: (laughs) that's what we call it plastic crack I have been avoiding that line heavily on purpose (laughs) because AA ran out of room I have my rotoplast which they're not that many but uh, I have like a shelf let's call it like that I have Mm -hmm. a master shelf However, when Super 7 um, came up with the reaction line and we were we were filming Motu Yo in Michigan and I, I saw them for the first time in my hand and I'm like, oh, I got to have this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're the perfect scale and the art in the car is beautiful. Uh, yeah, because
5: we often talk about the coming. art on that card is as much a selling point as the figure itself, if yep. not more. Agreed. And uh, that's why I thought, strongly that they went the wrong decision with the toxic crusaders they went with the all Generic. the you know yeah. um all the good guys with Toxiona and uh all the bad guys with the dr killamoff and yeah. i and and seeing the transformers uh just recently like i wanted i want them just for the artwork the artwork is just so amazing you know that
3: real retro mm. uh throwback and oh it's amazing but Ben, it's, it's also very hard to please everyone because I have friends who are hardcore Transformers collectors, and they're like, they don't transform. I'm like, I yes. got this. Have you seen them? Check them out. And they go, dude, they don't transform. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. but Action Masters, transform. Action
0: Masters didn't transform back in the in the early nineties.
4: Yeah, but they actually so there is a precedent. Uh, they actually came with a little, usually sidekick sort of beast yeah, type character
0: did. that, even if it was
4: just head flips around or whatever, it yep. it still had a transforming feature to it. But because yep. even at the time, I remember there was talk around that people just went, "Why?" Why? Why are we doing what this? Why? Because you know, by that stage, G One had kind of run out of ideas. So where do you logically go? Day, oh, yeah. transformers that don't transform. Of course, that's a great idea. Thank you, nineteen yeah. nineties. So,
0: <laughs> but Super Seven did something very cool when we talk about vehicles or or beasts to accompany a three and three quarter inch line. And Super Seven did a very nice sort of almost swan song with their master's license in in the reaction, which was Hanthor and Battlecat. And the yeah. bit I loved probably the most about those two beasts was the fact that, you know, okay, the legs aren't on rubber bands on these on the He-Man and the Skeletal how are they are going to sit on the saddle? Hmm. And they used the feature that really was pioneered by Kenner with the Torn Torn, where porn almost, porn. yeah, go, the legs sort of go into the body um, hmm. through, a, through a flat light mechanism. And I thought that was just a genius way, but also very nostalgic to bring it back to a, an actual mechanism that kind of worked back in the in the 80s that's
3: what happens
2: yeah absolutely
3: that's what happened with me and that specific line like i see that there they could easily sit right next to my star wars vintage line and then and it blends in it's like and i think the whole point of reaction is is how would they have you know if if they were back in the day take this approach how would it you know do it and they're doing it in the in that in that sale and i know people that didn't like the fact that you can you you it's a tonto and more or less um type of same system Mechanism, where you push yeah, down the figure yeah. into the cat for me it was like oh i need a customized battle cat that you can slice open the stomach and put <laughs> <catwalk> in there <laughs> Oh,
0: that's so good. Yeah. That was my um, immediate reaction. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is fantastic. Guillermo, because we're i mean, we're in Australia, obviously you're over there in the States and you've got the, the connection to Venezuela and you've talked about um, season two of Plastic Crack being an international kind of uh, flavor to it. Do you have any questions for us now, being here on the other side of the world, about what it's like to be down under and, and be toy collectors on, on this side of the world?
3: Well, I... More than questions, I, I I think people should, um, you know, pay respect and 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 lift their hats on to international collectors. I, I live abroad half of my life, and um, every time that I see walls like yours, I have to have to you know knock down and and because. It, it's so we take for granted and so easy to just go to a Walmart right now and get a new Ghostbusters retro. Good, good luck if you find it. But <laughs> no, I, I don't know if the ones that you have trend in the back are, are, are those vintage or? No, are, they are, are
0: those they, retro ones.
3: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, here, good luck to find it. And uh, do they say who you're going to call in the car? Yeah, in, in many different languages, they do. <laughs> no, but on the top, in the front, in the front, um, top. Right? Do they say who you're gonna call in yellow? No, they don't. Okay. Not. The first batch that they did has the who you're gonna call, and it turns out mm-hmm. that you need to pay royalties to the to to the singer of the song. Wow. wow. Yep. So hats were pulled back, and now they have that batch going on. So the first batch is going insane oh. in terms of oh, prices because the car that you have does not say who you're gonna call. oh uh-huh.
4: yep. There you go. Yeah. Interesting.
3: So. But that's the thing, walking into a Walmart right now and getting that is somewhat easy in the U.S. Hmm. But when you live in Australia, when you live in Venezuela, when you live in Argentina, you have to go through this horrible hassle and and pain probably three times the cost of the figure. Mm -hmm. Then when you go and see a wall like what I'm seeing right now behind you guys, you have to go and say, whoa, hats off, you know, hats off (laughs) to, to you guys because... You're going the extra mile, and people don't see that. I, that's one of the things that I wanted to reflect in season two. So, more than a question, I think uh, foreign collectors, and, and by I, I don't like the word foreign collectors mm. because um, I'm a foreigner myself. <laughs> um, a little tease, but Bob Prupis was when we were exploring this part, he was saying, Well, you know, because you're Joe, the real American hero, we're fighting um, a foreign. Um, a foreign enemy and he kept on saying foreign foreign mm-hmm. so i go okay so the foreign went were the bad guys very much not america <laughs> they were not domestic um so collecting from abroad takes takes a big toll and so kudos to you guys for being able to put together such an amazing collections like the one that you guys have thank you awesome yeah Thanks, no it's, it it
0: does i mean <laughs> that's and, and you've, you've really summed it up around the passion or the the fact it's in our DNA, it's something that we connect with so strongly, and it, you, kind of, from my perspective, it is just another challenge you put to kind of get your fix of this this fantastic hobby. And and we've got uh, you know our Patreon community for Toy Power is very international, um, very, uh, people from different countries, and and even today we were chatting to one of the guy who guys who lives in Luxembourg, and. Just wow. the import duties. Mm. He was running through getting the new Mezco, Christopher Reeve, Superman. And, and he was just going through the numbers. Here are the costs. $33 tax, $33 US dollars just in taxes to get one of those figures in. That's crazy. On top of the shipping, on top of the, the, the conversion, if you mm. have to do that, into, into American dollars. And, and he'd worked out, you know, okay, if I get two in, I can sell the second one for this price and make some of my money back. And, and that was, that's the wow. logic. So he's almost like a, an import dealer for one figure just to bring the cost down mm, on the figure he really wants to get to make it economical to, to kind of bring it into the country. So th- these are the challenges that when you can order online and you don't have exorbitant import fees or you can walk into a Walmart or you can get delivered through Amazon, just free shipping you know, or cheap shipping. Um and, and what we I guess we go through in the international community and that's now,
3: but if you go back to when we were when we were kids, it was a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. I, I remember yep. characters that I'm like, What wait, they did that? Mm. I never saw that in stores. Of course, it never got there. Yep. They yeah. It never got there. I don't know if you guys share the same the same experience.
4: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as someone who, and this is a bit later, when I started, started getting back into collecting, this is about 2003, with the, the Big Turtles reboot they had then, and that was when I first noticed it as, you know, someone who was young and dumb and had too much disposable income, right. and uh, I was, you know, wave one, no worries, wave two, wave three, by the time you get to wave four, and I believe it, technically speaking, went for about seven waves, I was just I was having to import all of it you know eBay and and all sorts and I I made some contacts through that that sort of once they were aware I was a big white whale that was just going to buy everything um but yeah it was just and and I was sitting there going how how is this a thing not knowing that you know that had happened long before I was paying for my own toys and that's why I you know never got a complete master's collection because mum and dad couldn't find the stuff at the store for me basically yeah
3: and don't get me started with mellowways. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. 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 Well, they, most of for them granted the ways Oh so, yeah, I send my I send my coupons and then I got the figure on. <laughs> I send my flag points and then I got the figure I go lucky you brother. Lucky <laughs> you.
4: It's such a weird concept when you think about it in in today's market. I mean, I think I I equate it to the um the special editions or the um the exclusive store exclusives. That's what it is nowadays. But back then you go what it's i don't understand how that worked economically that you were they've said hey prove to us that you've bought enough figures and we'll give you another one like that just it blows my mind the how the economics of that actually worked
3: well in in the the case of gi joe it all started with overstock they had had a a very huge overstock of one specific figure and then they were saying like what do we do with this and then kirk actually kirk was seeking came up with the melloway idea and then famously um someone from from correspondence um came went to his office and he said can you young man can you please walk with me and and she hate she had like this weird tone so they went downstairs and when they walk into that room he saw crates (laughs) full of letters all the pile up all the way to the roof and he's like what's what are you trying to show me? He's like, well, that's your mail-away idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> they weren't <laughs> even ready for it. The, yeah. the reaction was massive. Yeah. So they had overstock and they were like basically giving away. It's actually brilliant because they said like, I, don't, I can't remember the amount, but the, buy seven figures, mm. which we are already making a huge profit on it. Mm. And then send me a piece of the car and I'll send you a free, a free figure it was, it was, you know, if you had six, you were going to harass your parents. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Need that. Absolutely.
3: Fantastic. All right. Well, that probably brings us to
0: time. Lemo, this has been an absolute treat to have you on toy power today. And it's, it's been a long time coming because we admire you and the show so highly. So thank you so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts.
3: No, no. Thank you guys. Thank you. And, uh, I'm I'm looking forward for season two, and and some surprises that uh, we're gonna have uh, related to Australia. Sounds um, good, bro. Sounds we're good. Looking yeah, white. We can't
2: wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be an absolute ripper. Now, and I've got to find what's in the box. What's in the box? <laughs> I need to know. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna, yeah you, you know, need to resolve that quick <laughs> <finger. laughs> why, why
3: don't we why don't we settle something, Frank? What why is it that you don't like GI Joe? I want <laughs> really to know. You've heard the episode. Know, I'm...
4: <laughs> oh man all this from like one yeah, like pretend that. segment all right i that just really got your beauty didn't look to be fair gi joe's was i never encountered it as a kid right i had friends who had mask who had a lot more masters a lot more transformers thundercats even i didn't know anyone growing up who had gi joe's and i i, I knew about them you see them in the toy stores and stuff and it just little little guys with little guns like uh, even this, I, I never had any Ken of Star Wars either, because that scale just doesn't do it for me. That's the simplest explanation I can yeah. think of. In my room—the only figures you will find close to that scale—are your little mini bots Transformers. Okay. Beyond that, it's all mm. it's all big toys. I'm just I'm just bigger than life, mate. What can I say?
2: Do you think, <laughs> that's, an, do you think that's maybe an age thing? Because I often think back to Masters as dropping it exactly the right time i was five years old i was mm. you know junior primary but, but, school and our first day saw the line just at that super impressionable age whereas you know for some people they would have you know been you know the scale was also an interesting point for masters but for some people that would have been kenneth star wars a few years before that. yeah but joe you know joe I mean? does depend on what
4: and Masters were more or less Jersey and Masters were more or less the same timeline in terms of early 80s right now I'm I'm born in 81 so you're right but I wasn't really sort of taking this stuff in till I was let's say 5 years old by the time I could actually register what toys were and mum and dad had to buy them etc cetera, etc cetera, I still had quite a sizable Masters collection by the time I'd sort of you know, mum and dad had stopped buying me toys. I don't and never had a single G.I. Joe figure. That's just the way it is.
5: Yeah. I have to admit, I mirror exactly that. I had a lot of friends. I remember going up to this guy's um, sort of attic and having all the Star Wars figures there, playing with all this Kenner Star Wars figures and just being Ooh. blown away. I had good friends that had heaps and heaps of Transformers and stuff. I had a Fair Masters collection, I know a lot of other people did. I never encountered any G. I. Joe's. I had one G. I one maybe two if I'm pushing at G. I. Joes in my whole childhood and uh, but no one none of my circle network of friends mm. had G. I. Joe. Well, it just wasn't I just don't and other people will say you're a liar and things, but <laughs> in in Australia it just didn't have that boost yeah, that uh, it did over there and did in yeah, other it wasn't
3: countries. Just and, Australia, of right? course, the of main course. Main countries that didn't have that that boost and uh, yeah,
2: yeah. And got got I totally understand. Hmm. And I don't say that what? in a derogatory term. But it's just being an Aussie, it just didn't feel quite so relatable. Whereas something fantasy based like Masters or or uh, Mission. You know, um, creatures, turtles. You know, you know, it was just as probably relatable or not relatable to us as as it was to our American friends. Whereas yeah. GOJ had that that very centralized, no, I, you know, American nation sort of. The real no, American.
3: I un- hero. I understand. I understand. It's a, it's a real American hero, though. It's, it's totally a foreign concept because it's it's super inclusive and it has people from different countries even within mm. the, the the member but let me go back to frank so why do you like turtles
4: why do i like turtles um i think it comes down to the four core brothers to be honest i i have a younger sister i never had a brother you shut up all right <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's those when it comes down to it it's those four characters because you, there is some component of one of those turtles that appeals to every single type of person for me and i know that uh obviously larry hammer famously did the the gave the joe's personalities to me they were just faceless army guys with guns turtles they actually had instantly recognizable um characteristics that still come through to today right and and i think that all the reboots and all the the, iterations the
3: the color of the ribbon
4: I don't know, as in the actual
0: personalities of the. Oh. So like the, the tech guy or the leader. Or yeah,
3: the hothead, the, the, hot the, the, the jokester. No, no, I'm trying to mess with <laughs> <laughs> if you. Take, if you take that ribbon off, how you can, can you tell who's, who's who?
4: The weapons. Yeah, the weapons, the little letter the little the letters on their
3: belts, yeah. yeah. But, like, we were the, we were the
5: perfect age. I mean, I'm very similar age to Frank here. <laughs> we, were very, um, we were the perfect age to grow up in the Turtles fandom, craze, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. in the Turtles craze, whereas G.I. Joe had already been going for six years or something by then, uh, by the Turtles, you know, I'm um, pulling numbers out of the air here. But, mm. uh, yeah, by the time Turtles hit the airwaves every kid in the schoolyard was, you know, chanting turtles. And then after that, it was Power Rangers. And then after that, it was Pokemon Pokemon and Bakudan and (laughs) Digimon and whatever else. Look,
0: for me,
4: and and a bit to what Darren sort of spoke about, it's, it's that fantastical element to it. I personally don't find stuff that could actually exist in reality. A soldier with a rifle, a sniper, you know, with his sniper rifle, a scuba guy, that doesn't appeal to me. A, a walking talking turtle and a guy with blades on his arms. What the hell? That's amazing. Give me more of that. That led by a rat. I will take led, your led by life. a rat. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I'll take your <laughs> um, guy in a rifle and give you crocmaster master guy in like a gimp suit holding a crocodile. Like to me, like that. And that's where Joe's blew my mind with some of those creative uses. Like you get into the Cobra La. There's like a guy that's half snake. Like it's, yeah, and so it did kind of go, it did have that fantastic element. But I know, I get your point. There was a lot of realism in the army, particularly in the earlier ways mm. around, you know, this is your, you know, commander or this is your munitions expert or, or what have you. And look, but- maybe
4: it's because my dad was actually in the Air Force that. I wasn't that impressed by these big planes. Well, I got to ride on like the the big Herc planes as a kid, just traveling interstate to you know visit family and stuff. And so I'm like, you know, and you, you see these big the big planes, GI Joes on the shelf, and I'm like, oh yeah, I've ridden in one of those for real. Why <laughs> yeah, do I want like, a little yeah, six inch plastic one? one? <laughs> yeah.
2: Just didn't offer you the escapism because it was escapism of, exactly. You know, yeah, it related a bit too much to. To your own personal
5: see, life. see for me, and I know this is going to annoy um, uh, Frank and um, Trent here, but Mask never did anything to me. Mask mm. to me was the poor Get
4: man's out. Transformer, oh. right? Like, well, it's like, been fun having yeah, you on the show, like, Ben. Like, like
5: <laughs> and that and that's because I never had any as a kid. I've I've yeah. owned one Mask toy in my whole life, and I I, I admire it today, but mm. I had I have no nostalgic connection to it whatsoever
4: yeah but you never had one Diner Rider's co- no, toy did, did you I, I did I had two
5: I had two <laughs> and now you're and slowly getting Carinacal, back into that and finally sectors. I got a
0: T-Rex <laughs> sectors, yeah. sector's won you over Ben because uh, it, it was
5: just <laughs> what a about sector's that mask isn't good enough for you
0: <laughs>
4: look at what you've started Gilly we're all fighting against <laughs> each other going well, what about this line shut up
0: <laughs> no, I, I, I totally I get the point yeah around that and that connection to nostalgia and having it as a kid what that does and and look to the point on on Joes i had 3 joes um or my, in fact i had 2 my brother had one circle of friends not a lot of people have them. I mean, we've got a, a, a friend of the show, Guy Blocko, hmm. who is a massive Joe collector. Here we, 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 yeah? we
5: speculate he cleans up the
0: whole GI Joe toys, yeah.
5: anything that's available in Adelaide. So we never see them. And he's <laughs> hoarding them all in his... Uh, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. got a
0: flag, right? So he's got a flag in his collection. So he's a big collector. Wow. But So it must have been here in at least some capacity. But I oh, never I remember what? it what? having the same... Uh, penetration as like a Masters, as a Turtles, as a Transformers. It was here, but it just wasn't to the same extent.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it was definitely available. I remember seeing them in stores. Didn't quite command the same floor space as some of those other big lines that Trent mentioned, but but it was definitely here. It's because it, they're it. smaller than. <laughs> being played with in the schoolyard. Whereas those other lines, I remember going to school and they were there. Yep. Everywhere. But so, now,
3: I. I I've seen on video Ben's room, and then I I, I'm seeing Frank's, and uh, you guys played and enjoyed your toys. Now, Trent, you don't give me that perspective. Why are they all packed? Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) This is another often, uh, as you've listened to the show, (laughs) often a topic that comes up.
0: (laughs) I do if I do tilt the camera around around this way, that there is you know all my all my open stuff here. So, Mm. um, but I I think. It's interesting because for me, the packaging does contain a lot of the nostalgia of being in the shop. And, you know, as a kid, obviously you rip them open, you throw it away and it brings, it brought me back certainly to being in the shop and remembering what it was like in that experience where all those toys were out in front of you. And it was almost like a field of dreams. You know, (laughs) you get to pick one from this wall and so that that connection for me is is very strong to the to the packaging to the artwork to the graphics to the turn the box over and see the cross sell see the bios what have you so i i do you know i love played with toys and i love loose toys and and i probably get portrayed as the you know the person that never wants to open them and never wants to play with them i have a rule you know with transformers if i get a transformer i open it because it's got to be transformed oh, you know, I, you I, totally, I totally i yeah. totally
3: agree with that having a transformer in a box is almost a sin like that yeah. guy would never get transformed that, yep. that, that, <laughs> that. right. i understand the collective uh, the collectible side of it but that's it's, that's just crazy that for me is like the line yeah well and, and there
0: yeah. are some lines like that but i i it,
3: it is that connection to that that nostalgic packaging that i thought it was like you play with legos and then you keep everything in box everything yeah else in box. <laughs> <That>. <laughs> But, yeah like the, the Lego exactly
0: you can't have le- these people that just store it uh, that blows my mind because right. there, that's that's the whole purpose of the toy yep um and, and ideally if I had unlimited funds it would be always one open and one one loose but yeah that, that, oh, that's really? why this with, with, so with Lego
3: with Lego two you will
0: have Pro- one probably one. not with with Lego no probably not but but with with certainly yeah, we, with yeah. something where you have to rip the blister
1: mm. mm--hmm
0: you know, where, where, you know, like the Transformers masterpiece I collect, I can open the box and keep the box and have that right. as a memory and then play with the Transformer. And that, and that's sort of another general rule. If you can open it without nicely ripping mm-hmm. the box, always, always open.
3: Yeah. Well, if I, if I were there and when I was, if I were to be there like 10 or 11 years old, I would probably play with Ben or Frank.
1: <laughs>
3: yes, this, winning.
2: not rejected.
1: <laughs> we we we
0: are strange beings, Darren, and and you know we are. We this, are just the reality. We, we are it's just that. the way we are.
5: Yeah. Awesome. Fantastic. Anyway, we... All right. In wrapping up, uh, Gilly have you got any social um, media outlets that you want to shout out? David, oh, where we can you find put you? Put
3: me on the spot. I I know that. Let me check. I always forget I don't handle those so on Facebook is Plastic Crack Documentary and then on Instagram one second uh, it's Plastic Crack Film I don't I'm not like I'm on Facebook myself but I'm not too
5: yeah, like, no, I you understand. Know, yeah, understand. That's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, that's not, cool. I'm
3: not even on Instagram. I don't like Instagram. But uh, mm-hmm. those are the two, like plastic crack documentary. I'm pretty sure if you Google them, you will get uh, either Info. or. Yes. Um, yes. Facebook or Instagram, but the vast majority of our people seems to be on Facebook. Fantastic. Each thing, but yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's wonderful. Is. And
0: and hang out. So to all the listeners out there, hang out for July. That that special. July filler that uh, Lemo t- uh, teased us with. Can't wait for that, and obviously we exclusively, we're, I, exclusive, I, yeah, mm, yeah here. here. Thank you you gave guys, us a I couple mean. of exclusives. Yeah, how much yep. we yep. owe for that? Yeah, that's it. We'll work out the finances after the uh, after yeah. the episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, H- Hank, f- follow to see what's going on, and obviously we can't wait for season two to drop. Thank you so much for coming on Toy Power.
3: No, thank you. Thank you, guys, for inviting me. It's going to be super weird to listen to a show with me on it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, and and um, especially talking to the guys that, according to Pete, sounds like four. Yeah, well,
4: <laughs> well you're now part of the MCU. Congratulations.
3: I do look part of like Detroit Thor, but in the last movie in the last Avengers <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: I, I love that last movie for making that physique so attainable right, right. <laughs> sure you're cosplay. also part Co- of the yeah. Toy Power universe which is just as important
1: thank
0: <laughs> you
3: thank you so much
0: and on that note thank you so much to all our patrons again for your support and to all our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Toy Power we thank you so much for your support and hope to see you around the toy aisles Stay well
2: and stay safe, everyone, and until next time, good
1: journey! I,
2: I
3: wanted to say that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the smile on your face, I was, I was waiting for him to jump in and just yeah. say it, like beat into the punch. Yeah, I should yeah, have waited. Well, yeah. I didn't know. That, that, that,
2: that, that. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 that's fine. You man. want to record <laughs> the fracking proper or band on no. <laughs>
4: you can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review otherwise we just assume we're awesome We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of Okay, people. Want to learn more? Go to giantsizedteamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but
1: they yeah.